Welcome to my podcast. This is the Joyful Podcast. It's a raw journal of the mindful revolution. My name is Ethan Edward Sherritt and I'm the host. And I began this thing because in a time of personal need, I was seeking out inspiration from any source and ways to frame myself and the world in a more positive way and recapture the joy that is possible in this amazing world that we live in. The time that we live in, the physical space that we live in. There's so much potential. There's so much going on at every second. Uh, It's it's amazing. I needed to get in touch with that again in a place where I was at. And that's why I started this here podcast. And if you haven't listened to any of the other ones, welcome. Thank you so much for giving it a try. And I hope that um, you can experience just uh, my documenting of, of what I'm going through and what I learned from, from the amazing uh, people that I've pulled information from. What I was doing just now is something that I do in a lot, in a lot of the episodes is, is play this drum until something like kind of comes to me or or doesn't come to me a lot of times. <laughs> and then uh, I'm tempted to just keep on playing and, and I know people are not going to listen to a, one guy playing a drum for very long. Um, so thank you very much. And catching you up on, on stuff, um, I'm going to start with the second portion of the podcast this time. Usually I start with I say there's going to be three things to expect. And the first one is like a personal story of mine and, and what I'm going through, what of, uh, where I'm at, where I'm living. The second one is like a technique or a method or a, or a field of study. And the third one is uh, something culturally from the news uh, or from another person I know or something like that. So you got like personal, you got 
work and then you got like cultural observation. I'm going to start out with the second one because if you've listened to some of the other um, episodes, I started this journey through learning how to clear and unblock and activate the seven chakras. Chakras being subtle energy portals that are connected physiologically to our body through different places in our in our spine and our brain that activate and, and correspond with with different parts of of the world, of our experience. I don't know if I explained that right. The seven chakras. Hopefully <laughs> I was trying to summarize for you what uh all the other six until or all the other five until the sixth one the reason that i'm so perplexed i guess so like searching for how to to capture it is because now i've i've turned the page to this the sixth chakra the anya chakra people call it the third eye or they call it the brow chakra and all of the other ones, right? They seemed to make sense perfectly. Um, the base, the root chakra, is where activating this, you get in touch with how to sleep more securely at night and eat and know that you're going to be able to sleep and eat and, and rise every day and that you're a primal being in a primal world universe, a universe that has placed you here. The second one, the, the second chakra being slightly higher than that is your sensual pleasure chakra, okay? You're, you're satisfying these things. You go up to your, your more individuality chakra, your third one. Your fourth one becomes the, the chakra of love. You know, how do you express and, and receive love for, in all of its different facets, from family love to romantic love to friendship love um, to love of the universe and the world to the fifth chakra, the throat chakra, which is how do you activate that part of you that is your voice to speak your own will and your own communication with others from a true place, from a place of authenticity. Now, those all make such sense. The throat chakra being a voice of truth, etc. The, the heart chakra being the, the field where love activates with your soul and the souls of others and the universe. Now, the perplexing thing is this, this sixth chakra, Anya, the third eye. <laughs> um, in the book I'm reading by Broderick S. Johnson, Understanding Chakras, it's like a page and a half. <laughs> it's just like this subtle chakra, when activated, will completely transform your life into ways that seem magical. And it gives the, the color of it purple the note the which i think is 432 hertz or the frequency the the vowel is 
eye, like eye, like third eye. A, it's A actually, it's A, A, A. So any of those, those, those they just don't make sense. And so I, I've been looking through more uh, on the internet and searching for people who are speaking about it on YouTube and what is the third eye. And I've, I remember asking this yogi um, at Wanderlust in, in Hollywood, what is the third eye to you? And she you know, very graciously told me how that she connects with it through a series of meditations and tapping on that brow area and how magical it is. And dang, she was a really happy, like inner glowing person. So I do not doubt at all that she has something activated that a lot of us don't have, including myself. Or maybe I do. That's the, uh, the subtle thing about this sixth chakra is that it's hard to describe. Um, but if you get on YouTube or on the internet and look for articles about it, and Broderick S. Johnson, that author, mentioned this. He said a lot of what you're going to read about it is, is rubbish. He used some word like that. Um, and... Some people are trying to say that it's a frightening thing to open. You're going to come across like a hundred people with like this YouTube video of the topic is being like, don't open your third eye. It's very shocking and frightening and you're not ready for it. As if it's just something you can choose to do. Um, but it seems more subtle than that. It seems more um, elusive. It's not like you can just, you know do this, the follow, say the following words and your third eye is activated, <laughs> your third eye chakra. So I think that those are just grabbing attention and they all have tons and tons of views, like a little, you know, simple little somebody saying like, I have an experience with, uh, I have experience opening a third eye and it was terrifying and, and it has like, you know, a million views, a lot of those. So maybe that's what he was talking about. The one that I came across that really was captivating, and I, I encourage you to look at this one only, because <laughs> I've been uh, looking through a bunch of them just to try to understand it better. Because, shoot, I want my uh, all of my chakras activated, as I'm sure you do too. <laughs> this is a raw journal, folks, by the way. Um, I'm excited about what is going on in the world and what is possible with all the people learning and sharing and, and enhancing and, and, and cultivating the, the knowledge of the, of the inner self and, and the energy and that you can vibrate into the world and receive back that same energy and rise up from negativity. Like, I'm, ex I'm ecstatic about that. It's really exciting. That's one of the reasons I'm, I'm talking right now and doing this whole podcast is because I want to propel that. Um, but again, it's, it's a pretty uh, rudimentary little operation that I've got going here as I share this with you. Um, so back to which one you should watch on YouTube. This guru, his name is, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, Sadhguru. S, it's S-A-D-H-G-U-R-U. Sadhguru. 
and it is somebody asks him the question what is the anya chakra what is the third eye chakra his answer in seven minutes is captivating and enlightening not only when he talks about the third eye chakra but when he how he refers to the other chakras you're going to get a lot in seven minutes trust me do it that guy i think he has a lot of paid videos like that you can't watch the whole thing unless you pay but that is a seven minute clip or so that is just amazing and he breaks it down by saying that this you cannot activate this chakra unless you are ready i think he says that <laughs> why was i so mesmerized by what he was saying uh it, it really is amazing it, it allows you to over to see beyond the physical world and all the other physical aspects that the other chakras kind of dwell upon when those other chakras are all activated and all unblocked and all flowing the energy energized through each of them you are able to ideally reach a point where none of the physical world can affect you in your emotions and thoughts you are able to intellectually be okay with your existence and with the universe and with everything there was a truck that just went by i didn't realize anything was going to be quite that loud i thought we'd have a nice peaceful little place here in the parking lot that the van is in right now <laughs> um so he says intellectually not experientially you are able to think the other chakras you in activating them and, and what they deal with you might be thinking about your relationships and and your experience your so your experience comes into play about like in your meditations or in your in your analysis of of how to reframe or things like that so that's experiential but when it all comes together when our third eye chakra is activated you reach a place where your experience is not even needed to call upon you intellectually are okay with everything everything you intellectually understand things and nothing he says can phase you nothing can affect you and he mentions a little bit of the seventh chakra the sarasrara and he mentions that that is a place of ecstasy ecstasy joy for no reason because simply of joy that being the pinnacle of the existence that you can have 
And he says that when you are focused on this sixth, the third eye chakra, it is also a very worthy and lofty pursuit to activate this and to be unblocked in your third eye chakra and to actually open that third eye. That is a very good pursuit, he said, but we think of, of the, that as peace, that there will be peace. I will, when I get that, I will achieve peace. I will not have trouble because I will have this understanding that is intellectual about the world and I will have this mellow through line all through the universe that I get it. I've taken care of my health in these other ways and my spirit through the energy flows, you know, flowing through each of the other chakras. So now I can attain peace with my third eye being activated. I can see inwardly, outwardly, I can see. And then he mentions a little bit of that seventh chakra being like, once you're there at the sixth chakra, and you've attained that peace, there is only one other place to go, and that is to ecstasy, to joy, the seventh chakra. Sarasra. No idea how to say that, because it should be spoken with like the accent that that guru has. Um, when you read it like phonetically, Sarasra, it just doesn't have that, how he says it, the Sarasra. Sharashra, right? It just sounds so meaningful, the Sharashra Chakra. And he says that that seventh one is where you can experience completely pointless ecstasy. But before that, you will be able to see things in a way that can give you peace. Peace. It is very subtle, and I have been dwelling upon that for a while now, for a few days. I think that it's one of the reasons why I haven't recorded an episode in a few days. And I haven't had, you know, just I haven't gotten on this mic and, and tried to share anything because I've been just like kind of wrestling with some things of how to, how to go to the next level. But that is starting to, to kind of turn some wheels for me. It has a lot to do with light. Light. As I'm looking around now, lights are pretty beautiful in this parking lot. Normally I would have something to say about the electricity that they're made with or something like that. Right now they're just beautiful lights that, that I'm receiving, that I'm lucky to receive. And maybe that is uh, something we can take with us in, in the rest of our our day-to-day -day lives, that you can receive light, not just with your eyes, but through them. You can receive light from your from that light source to the, the light source in your soul. Is this getting too um, ethereal, too, uh, too hocus-pocus for anybody? I hope not. It has something to do with me trying to understand as I speak, um, which helps me. I can cannot usually understand something unless I try to explain it uh, to myself or to somebody else. Uh, 
So that is the the aspect that I'm working on technique-wise and method-wise, or um, what's another word for that? The, sh- the study of the chakras? That's, that's the strategy <laughs> right now that I'm studying in order to propel joy and enlightenment is the study of the chakras. And it seems, it's starting to seem like I'm sure if you're listening, it's starting to seem like, oh, come on, Ethan, this is like your really big thing. I'm pretty big into it just because that's what I've been focusing on for a while. And I don't know if I'll ever be able to just say, all right, now I'm going to, you know, go into, uh, you know, some other, you know, light healing or something. And that's all I'm going to be about. This, the study of the chakras has really been interesting to me and I I will always uh, cherish it, I'm sure. And it'll always be a part of me. And I hope it's part of more and more people because it is absolutely fascinating and seems so real that it is real. Like Israel. Like Israel. The Holy Land. I'd like to go to Israel. For sure. I wonder if I would still feel a little bit weird about the whole like holy land uh zeal that that uh you know kind of fervently goes through this some of the more religious folks in in the world i wonder i want to go there someday somebody go to israel with me book it i'll go with you um that'd be so awesome but right now I'm not in Israel. Let me tell you where I am. That leads me to, to the thing I usually open with, and that's the like the where I'm at and what I've I've been doing lately and kinda like uh what's old what's old Ethan Edward shared up to if you're following along. Because I kinda left uh, a few bleak moments in that last episode. It was just raw just you know, some people have written me and said, hey, I appreciate that you keep it real. Um, but I'm sure other people don't write because they're like, dude, that's not, <laughs> that just brought me down. So I understand it's going to bring some people down, but some people, you know, just, it, it, I'm just, it's valuable to me to stay momentary, moment to moment with this type of like little format that I'm doing here. And that's why. It was, it got a little bleak the last time I, I recorded and, and published. Um, but there's nothing bleak about the lights that I'm seeing right now and the, the halos that are around all of these lights. When That is amazing. And like the trees that they shine on, it's really cool. Um, so you can focus on things like that. That's the cycle. There's there's a lot to be said about the cycle of going from, you know, a low to a high, a low to a high. Because it seems like that's unavoidable to a lot of us that, okay, this is not a good day. I, I'm going to hang in there, hang in there. See, now I'm having a great day. You just got to hang in there. <laughs> But the goal is that you raise, 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 raise that vibration, people. 
until you're bad. You don't even see bad days. You're just like, ah, this, this would be funny. Uh, if my vibration wasn't so high, I would see this in a bad way, but I see it as nothing but good right now because, uh, I know it's something unexpected is coming from my vibration that I am that I'm resonating, that I'm emanating, that I'm that I'm feeling right now. That's the goal is to to have that vibration where that those it doesn't cycle. You just can share. You can share and, and uplift other people. That's what I want to do. because um, that's what man, some of the best people I know have, have done for me. So, I am still in rural Virginia, Smithfield, Virginia, and I have left Los Angeles over six weeks ago now. It is. It was like it's such an awesome road trip that I, I planned for and changed a little bit, right? Because I remember I announced that I'm going to be staying with like all these people that I that I meet uh, on Instagram. And, you know, I, I met with some people, but I did not stay with, like, overnight at people's places. I just, like, changed the trip to just stay with family and, and friends. Um, you know, not so much a hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy type of trip. Or hitchhiker's, you know, Jack Kerouac type of trip. But more of a, you know, domestic thing and, and you can change your plans and they're still going to be awesome. That was what I learned from that. And if anybody was like jazzed up and hopeful of what to hear about, like how awesome it was going to be, you know, hopefully you can do that on your own and it will be freaking awesome. Do that kind of road trip if you were excited about it. I, I was excited about it and I still do plan on doing it. Um, and that, you know, those are the things that can happen. But at this moment in life, with my son Jack being less than two years old, and we got to have so much fun, and we didn't have to worry about, you know, like one night here, one night there with this person or that person. You know, that that's for a later time. So thank you for rolling with me and not holding me accountable to have having done that trip that way. But here we are in Virginia, and my whole goal from from leaving LA and the job that I was putting in so much time to that it just didn't feel right with my soul that so much of my time had to be just um, maxed out for mundane problems and not not transform there's like nothing transformative that I was able to do with my brain with my mind, with my energy. There's nothing like uh, creative that I could do. It was all just the same type of things over and over and over again to make a couple of rich people like, you know, steadily get, stay rich and grow, you know, more rich at their calculated pace. You know, while, while I had enough money to like stay there and get by and, definitely take care of our little family but you know not not to like go and and leave and take vacations or anything like that so that's I think what a million people 
a million, all million people that are listening to this, a lot of people who might be listening to this have the same thing that, yeah, I have a job that it's, it's cool. I can, it takes care of me, but not a whole lot more than that. Um, so we got to do that for ourselves. It was a big risk, I guess, but there was no other option for me. I just had to leave and just see what, you know, there's options for where to go, but there was no option to like stay. It just didn't feel like there was a lot of meditation and, and thought meditation sometimes is like trying to have no thoughts, but meditation to remove from thoughts and then to examine what, what is it that I need to change? And it was, I need to change my location, need to change my, what I do with my time. And let me tell you, I have changed what I'm doing with my time quite a bit. I'm now looking for what I will do as an occupation. I'm doing it from this place that is nothing like Los Angeles. Nothing. That It's going to be fascinating to explore how different it is. And I hope to be able to share that with you in some kind of coherent way. This is this episode has gone on too long, I think, already. I have to wrap it up. But you know what? I am just uh, staying with family, Jack and me, and I am exploring what to do next. And I do have a part-time job. I'm delivering pizzas to make sure I have enough to pay for things. Just got done doing that tonight. And that... <laughs> It's really fun. It's, uh, man, maybe I'm not going to think it's fun after a few more days, but I just started and, and you know, that's just how I'm going to make cash at night as I explore and expand what to do, what to do. That's the personal story. So just staying fit, learning, um, exploring. I started a group, this area, Hampton Roads, Virginia, does not have you don't go around you don't hear conversations like um about yoga and about uh meditation or or chakra balancing or enlightenment i haven't heard anybody say any of those words since i got here and it doesn't it doesn't seem either to be prevalent so it feels kind of like an island that like where am i what what on earth am I doing here? What kind of existence do the people here live? It's a little bit surprising, but I also call that, uh, you know, curious and interesting. I started a group um, called the Hampton Roads Mindfulness Group on Facebook. And I'm encouraging people, if you live in this area, I have a group for the podcast for people who live like all over the place. Um, but I started that when I was like really in the middle of this, this last leg of the transition. Honestly, I haven't updated it or I don't even know if it, I've done all the right things to have that as a group. I don't even know if it exists, to be honest, but I remember starting it. But the group that I am excited about right now, because it, it's local, is the Hampton Roads Mindfulness Group on Facebook. And a few people have joined, 
and we haven't like had meetings or gotten together yet, but I just want to gradually build it and have the same energy that has affected me so much to encourage conversation and encourage enlightenment and encourage mindfulness in this area and allow people to link up. And I, I'm like really excited about how that's going to go. That's one of the things over the next few weeks that I'm going to document for you because here, I mean, people are like, dude, I'll, I'll take that, you know, job for $8 an hour. I don't know what the hell else I would do to stay alive. You know, and then they'd work like for $8 an hour for like 15 years. And they're, I mean, I don't think I'm generalizing. I'm just trying to explain what I see and, and, uh, and the people that I do talk to around town, including like, you know, the people that work at the the uh, pizza place that I just started working for to deliver pizza. Um, so it's it's a different mentality than Los Angeles, where people are really pursue. They move there. They they go there to be like, all right, this is how I'm gonna apply my my individuality to do what I want to do. That's, you know, Los Angeles has a lot of that. It has the the clock punchers too, but it's it's infused. It's infused with this other energy that just does not seem apparent to me out here at all to say the least. Um it's interesting, but I want to while I'm here, I feel it's some something of a calling to band with people and try to have more conversations that I think help help the world out here. And I, I'm doing that little by little, but if you are in this area, look for it. It's called Hampton Roads Mindfulness Group on Facebook. And join in and remember it's a place of total positivity, complete positivity. Caveat of that is, if you are, you know, having trouble with something, <laughs> as I am the example of, you can share what you're having trouble with, but just know that you you are seeking and you're searching and there is light that you are going towards. And remember that it's always a process and the process is awesome because our goal is to enjoy that process you know, if things, if some kind of outcome isn't what you want, you know, know that you're in the process of getting some type of situation that you do want. And that, that process can lift you up a little bit. Just knowing that. I've really been, been focusing on that process mindset um, a lot. I should wrap that up too. That's like the personal aspect of the podcast, which I usually start with, which it occurs to me now is the smarter way to start because that's a little bit more interesting because it's personal. In today's episode, I started off with the chakras just because I wanted to change it up. And I hope that you still listened through that. And thank you if you did. The downloads uh, numbers still just surprises and humbles me. It's not in the millions, but it's over 15. No, it's over 1,400 now. And I never, I remember when I was like, man, 12 people listened to this, you know, 12. I got 12 people to listen. And I was like really happy. Um, 
And then my friend Brian started listening, and I was like, damn, Brian listened to this, and he liked it, and he, he gave me support. So thanks, Brian, uh, for listening, and thank you for anybody else who gave it a, sh- a try. Um, the third aspect of the episodes that I usually try to uh, offer is something from culture or something that I observe that I want to share with you. And there's an article, it wasn't an article, it was an interview. Um, Terry Gross of NPR, I think this happened yesterday. Maybe I just came across it yesterday. She interviewed somebody about um, Buddhism. And this guy has a book. I, I never bring my notes. I, I had this guy's name in my notes. Terry Gross... NPR, Fresh Air, I think her show is called Fresh Air. She interviewed this guy, and it was called, um, the, the name of this interview, she, she has like a title for it. It's called uh, Buddhism and why it's, why Buddhism is true. Why Buddhism is true, I think. Jeez, I just mangled that, mangled it. Let me see if I can get at the meaning, though. It was, Buddhism teaches us to be removed from our troubles by accepting them at a distance and then, therefore, not being consumed negatively by these natural feelings. So meditation distances you it allows you to have those feelings but it really diffuses uh the damage or the negativity that they can bring because you see them at a distance and you don't judge yourself or the feelings you just simply observe them that's a mindful way to be and that's the buddhist uh, mentality um and she uh terry gross kind of asked the she she kind of asked the question that like well human beings are like through natural selection that that process where in order to go on and live we have to constantly be striving so we're kind of naturally wired or evolved to this state where we have no other choice in our in our being other than to be dissatisfied like are we as a species necessarily dissatisfied like the dissatisfaction with things is what makes us continue as a species right like um if you were fine with with eating a meal and you never wanted to eat again you would you know you would you would no longer live so you have to keep on looking for food um that dissatisfaction drives us to to search for food and to search for a better house and to feel more secure all the time and to you know to amass more money um or you know in the earlier times before we were evolved or on the way to evolving um not maybe not money but you know more fruit or meat or or whatever so it was, 
are we just wired to be dissatisfied? Isn't that just a normal thing? Should we, do we have to go through these cycles of, of achieving a fleeting satisfaction and then being dissatisfied and then a fleeting satisfaction and then dissatisfied? Well, the author she talked to um, said that those things can be diffused through Buddhism um, and Buddhist practices such as you know, meditation and, and, you know, clarity of mind and awareness, mindfulness. And that's, I guess, what I wanted to share. Just read it, listen to it on, on the NPR website. It's uh, Terry Gross interviewing a guy who wrote a book called Buddhism, Why It Is True. So pretty cool. Um... And it's just so, I mean, NPR is huge, right? And one thing I want to say about NPR is I I love them, but make no mistake, they talk about like what's topical. Like if a big movie, Iron Man Part 5 comes out, they're going to be talking about, you know, they're going to be talking to Robert Downey. They're going to be, you know, talking about Marvel or something. You know, I mean, they, they propel the big things in media just like freaking the Disney company does. You know, but they also go into places like such as Buddhism that you might not go get. Um, So they also go, they also give a little more that you might not get from just purely profit motivated um, outlets. So I love them, but you know, let's let's not make it seem like they're uh, some kind of holy thing. But that was really cool. And if I uh, didn't mangle that too bad, you kind of followed along a little bit. And I love reading articles about that and and hearing uh, interviews about that. So um, that's it. That's where I'm at. And that's what I'm doing. And this thing is going to continue. Please share a conversation about about mindfulness and positivity with someone. Ask somebody if they're experiencing joy in their life. Ask them how often. Ask them, uh, you know, if they think it's possible to be joyful. Ask me. I think it's possible to be joyful all the time. I, I'm hanging around with some people that, uh, that are really joyful and talking to some people that are really joyful. And I'm trying to embody that and share that. And we go forward, onward. So thank you, Brian, and both of the other listeners of the Joyful Podcast. <laughs>